0: Uh, well, we have uh, really just, uh, this is a privilege, and and if you guys don't recognize uh, the privilege that this is, uh, I, I'm going to tell you, uh, because if you walked in this morning and you looked at our welcome counter and you looked across the, the welcome counter, you saw a ton of books out there, and the speaker today, Dr. Lehman, has written, I don't know, I, I think i I stopped counting it like a 1,000, right, or something along those lines. He's uh, written a ton of books. Uh, The Birth Order uh, is probably one of the most famous books that he's written, but he's really funny, and he loves just being with people and hanging out, and he's super laid back, which is our style here at LifeHouse. And so I want you to stand and give a warm welcome to Dr. Kevin Lehman.
1: Thank you. Alan. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I bring, uh, bring you greetings from Tucson, Arizona, where I live, home of the Arizona Wildcats who won their first game in 20 games yeah. <laughs> last night against Cal, who, who'd, who didn't send 24 players because under COVID rules they had to stay home, and we, we beat them. So... <laughs> And your pastor is a big Duck fan, you know that, right? So I had the pleasure of hanging out with those guys last night. We went out drinking, had a great time. Uh, (laughs) Got to meet his family. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, you talked about hope, Pastor Ryan. And uh, I've never, ever done a weekend when lives haven't changed. Listen to this word, drastically. So I don't know where you are with your marriage. I'm telling you, women are weird. Men are strange, you know, but we'll figure it out tonight, 6 o'clock to 8.30. We'll probably throw a little bit of parenthood in there and a little bit of birth order because some of you don't know what your basic problem is, and that's the, you two firstborns. I, don't, don't, don't point yourself out this morning, but <laughs> that's a tough trip because you've got two people who know exactly how life ought to be. Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk about that tonight, tomorrow, and then uh, Monday, tomorrow morning, we're going to do a thing on uh, The Way of the Shepherd, which is a, uh, a five-star rated book on leadership. So if you're in the leadership of people, you don't want to miss that. That book is still in hardback from 2004 for a reason. Because publishers don't put books in paperback until they have to. Because they're interested in the almighty dollar, to put it bluntly. But that's a good book. Uh, this morning we're focusing on a book called The Way of the Wise. Uh, Look at it, it's a thin little puppy. You can be non-reader and like this book, okay? (laughs) And uh, you should know a little something about me, it'll put in proper context some of the things I share. I grew up in Buffalo, New York, youngest of three children, had a sister who was perfect, and still is to this day. Uh, You know her, Uh, you know, if you threw a Kleenex in a wastebasket, it's gone 30 seconds later. Do you know this woman? She puts newspaper paper under the cuckoo clock. <laughs> she married a dentist and his motto was find the hole, drill the hole, fill the hole. Very exciting man. <laughs> well, they were both straight A students. My brother was a quarterback in the football team, voted best looking in his class. They did those silly things years ago. And uh, then there was me. I'm a shrink by trade. I've shrunk myself. (laughs) I realized I couldn't compete with those guys. I graduated fourth in my class in high school. Unfortunately, it was fourth in the bottom (laughs) and not fourth in the top. In fact, one of my vivid early childhood memories is sitting in a reading group. Remember those little chairs and we'd sit in a circle? How many people remember the reading groups? We had white paste. Do you remember? three-inch jars of white paste. And one of my vivid memories is sitting next to a girl named Barbara, I'll never forget her, and she got a a good jaw. Oh, hello, Barbara. (laughs) That just triggered in, Barbara. She got a good index finger full of white paste, and she'd sit there and she'd eat it. And I remember as a a six-year-old kid in first grade thinking, I know I don't belong in this group. (laughs) But God bless the school system had this wonderful way of finding the calls of society. And back in those days they weren't politically correct. I'm telling you, they didn't care. Listen, I'm not making this up. We had the red birds, the blue birds, the yellow birds, and the black birds. Guess who were the black birds? How socially acceptable would that be today? I mean, they didn't care. But we knew who we were. We were the also-rans, the guys that never should have made it in life. So Despite my efforts, I became a senior in high school. Uh, <laughs> in April of my senior year, I visited my guidance counselor, who I dedicated my very first book to. And uh, I said, Mr. Messino, I want to go to college. I want to go into university. He pulled on his glasses, looked over the top, and said, Lehman, with your grades and your record in this school, I couldn't get you admitted to reform school. <laughs> and that ended the conversation. And yet, Charlie Messino had every reason to say everything he said, because it was true. I had a- SAT scores that were at the zero percentile. Uh, if you don't know much about math, that means 100% of the people who took the exam did better than I did nationally. <laughs> I smoked uh, half a pack of Salem cigarettes at the University of Buffalo. I thought that was so cool. You could you could be in class and smoke cigarettes. I was so cool. I walk cool. Remember walking cool? talking cool, I had the greasy hair going on, belt on the side, get the picture, just a jerk, and uh, I finally got in college on probation to the church denominational school that my mother dragged me to church, and I hated church, I didn't like anything about church, I got to tell you the truth, and uh, they turned me down, and I even sent them scripture about forgiveness, Uh, that didn't work. And nine days before the semester started, again, I'm not making up any of this, nine days before, they admitted me on probation with a 12-unit load. And uh, proof of the living God, I eked out a C-minus average. Fear is a great motivator. Uh, the next year, I was a ball player. Believe it or not, this is the body of a former athlete. <laughs> and I went back to play baseball, and the Lehmans are poor Irish Catholic people. That was our back, my dad's background. My mom was not a Catholic. Anyway, long story short, uh, I got thrown out of college by a dean of students as 19 years old for stealing the conscience fund, which we don't have time to tell you about. It's really sort of—I still think it's funny. The dean didn't. Uh, And I came down to Tucson, Arizona, uh, got a job as a janitor, making $195 a month. And it's funny how God works in your life because I was standing in the main building, holding a broom. And uh, I wasn't using the broom, just holding the broom. (laughs) And uh, this five-foot, nine-inch chick walks down the hallway with her little yellow uniform and her white tennis. I looked at her, and ladies, watch this. This is a male skill, watch. (laughs) Whoa, where'd she come from? I paid another janitor $5, which was a lot of money back in those days to introduce me. That same day, and this is so so funny, sometimes I cry telling this story because I'm in the men's room of Tucson Medical Center. I'm mopping down, and who comes in but my wife-to-be in the men's room? And she's helping some little old guy go potty. And I said to myself, oh, it's her, it's her. Say something, stupid, say something. And so the first words I ever spoke to my wife were, uh, would you have to go to the World's Fair with me? And she looked at me and she said, well, <laughs> I don't know. Well, the World's Fair was in New York City. This is Tucson. Okay? <laughs> I'm making 195 bucks a month. And, and, and I said, well, how about lunch then? And so we went to a McDonald's. We hurried up to a McDonald's. We split a 20-cent cheeseburger and a 10-cent Coke. Anybody old enough to remember the 15-cent burger? Yeah, you're going to die soon, you know. <laughs> That's a long time ago, wasn't it? But I'll tell you, I, I'm telling you, you talk about falling in love. This woman <laughs> exuded something, and I wanted a part of it. And so we're dating for three and a half months. She pops the question. She says, would you like to go to church with me? And I remember thinking, holy, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lie here, cow. Cow. Uh, she's one of them. If there's one thing I didn't want to do, it's go to church. Well, What do you say? Gentlemen, you're falling in love with this chick. What do you say? You lie through your teeth. I was just thinking about going to church. I'd love to go to church. (laughs) So I go to church with her, okay? I remember thinking no chick's worth this. This is brutal. (laughs) And then she wanted me to come back at night. Why would you come back at night? You didn't do it right the first time? I mean, I didn't get it. Now I get it. Because that was my time. That's when my whole life did a 180. And this guy was talking about the guy who knew who Jesus Christ in his head. He didn't know who he was in his heart. Long story short, I went out of there. My, my life changed. God gave me motivation. Never looked back. The, the miracle. You know the Dean of Students who threw me out? <laughs> Ten years later, I was a Dean of Students. How's that happen? Talk about hope. I don't care where you are today. Your hope is in Jesus Christ. I life. I mean, talk about the Holy Spirit. I remember just the beads of sweat pouring out of my head. and It sounds weird, but if you have the Holy Spirit, you'll understand what I'm about to say. Everything I wanted to happen, everything I didn't want to have happen, happened that night. I didn't want to give my life to Christ. It happened. You tell me how that works. Figure that out. You write a book. But (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. We're going to talk about The Way of the Wise. It's based upon, this is a book, by the way, that I wrote in uh, uh, 54 days from beginning to end. And I remember telling the publisher, that's done. They said, what do you mean it's done? I said, it's done. It's in the mail. And back in those days, we'd send them with cardboard and rubber bands. And and he said, man, how'd you do that so quick? I said, it just poured out of my heart. Well, and I dedicated this book, you know, I've written 66 books, which I got to write 67, get off that 66 real quick, <laughs> but uh, when you write books, you dedicate it to your wife, your kids, your, you, know, you run out of people, to tell you the truth, but listen to the dedication on this one, to all who question God and wonder where they fit in life's grid, I think that covers just about all of us. I think we all deal with that, don't we? And, and here's the scripture. It's Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. It's King Solomon. He was supposed to be the smartest one of us all. Uh, Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He'll make your paths straight. Let me point out to you the word paths. We don't have one path in life. You have lots of paths in life. You have journeys. You have curveballs. Some of you married and thought, man, this is the woman of my dreams. She turned, about, turned out to be anything but. Or the man of your dreams. Some of you are broken, you know. And that's why, as Pastor Ryan said, you know, there's hope. I hope you'll come tonight. You're going to find all kinds of hope in that. Like I say, expect things to happen. Expect God. But you've got to have that submissive heart, which is a bad, bad uh, word today. It's actually a great word, but I'm now going to blow my nose. Mr. Audio, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Had to do that. Thank you. Oh, it felt better. Uh, I think of uh, how God used my wife. Uh, I told you I smoked cigarettes. She once told me kissing me was like kissing an ashtray. She was patient with me, she didn't uh, share the foreign spiritual laws with me. I'm telling you, if she would have filled out the four spiritual laws and shared them with me when we were dating, I wouldn't be standing before you today. Isn't it is interesting that we tend to sit in judgment of people? The only people Jesus ever criticized, quite frankly, were the holiest of the holy, those above the rest of us. You know, he had compassion for those who were the the, the not-so-lucky people, the down- The trodden, you know. If Jesus came to San Antonio today, you'd find him in that park. I don't know the name of it. That's where all the winos hang out. And the homeless, that's where you'd find the Lord Jesus Christ today. My friend Chuck Swindoll talks about going to a 7th grade class. Boys class, they're interesting. And he asked the boys, boys, what's green and says ribbit? And nobody says a word. Seventh grade boys. Hey, come on. Hey, boys. What's green and says ribbit? One kid says, "Well, I think it's a frog, but I'll say Jesus." (laughs) (laughs) It's in church. I mean, I've got a chapter in this book: Jesus and God. Jesus and God. That's all they talk about is Jesus and God. Well, yeah. The answer is ribbit. Uh, Is a frog. You know. But. If it's in church, it must be Jesus. You know, to connect the dots, you read this scripture, I'm going to read it real quick again. Just listen for the word heart, because it really gets to what we're talking about this morning. Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win a favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Now, humor me for a second, just quickly point to yourself. Point to yourself. Okay. What do we point to? We point to our heart. So this whole thing of knowing Jesus intimately well gets down to, is He in your heart? What does that mean? It means He's in your thought and everything you do. You know, um, in, in everything we do. You know, the heathens, I love heathens. I really do. Uh, they'll tell you what they think to your face. Uh, but heathens believe that billions of years ago, billions of years ago, amino acids got together in space. And from that union of those amino acids, we got centipedes, horses, you and I, elephants, and you name it. Now those are people of great faith. I got to tell you. But you know, if you look at the Word of God, you see the words that Jesus spoke on the cross a thousand years before He said them in the book of Psalms. You see Jesus' birth prophesied 700 years before it happened in God's Word. I have a friend who's an atmospheric physics guy at the University of Arizona. He told me, Kevin, if we took the earth's axis and we moved it just one degree this way, we'd freeze to death. One degree that way, we'd burn up. Is God who He said He is? Did you do a pretty good job of hanging that moon to get that reflection? How about that burning gas Is called the sun that gives us warmth? When you think about the enormity of, of God, I mean, the Alpha and the Omega, I mean, just thinking about the fact that God had no beginning, uh, it, it's sort of tough to get your, your mind around that some days. This is for me. But head knowledge to heartfelt commitment. That's what we want. You have to have an understanding of who God really is. I have four grandchildren uh, and uh, little Adeline, she was six at the time. I was tucking her in. By the way, is there a difference in how grandma tucks a grandchild in and grandpa? Big difference. My wife would take two and a half hours. (laughs) I can do it in a minute and a half. (laughs) But I'm tucking her in and all of a sudden she had just lost a tooth. So tooth fairy is in the news in the house. So she pulls us out of her back. I'm just talking She said, Grampy, what, honey? Uh, what's the tooth fairy look like? Uh, 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 I'm, I'm like Dak Prescott uh, on a Sunday afternoon. I'm scrambling. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking, okay, you need to come up with an answer here leave it. I'm going, oh, oh, honey, that's a very good, honey, that's a very intuitive, que- that is a very good question. I mean, I'm just pausing for time, all of a sudden out of my back pocket, like Tinkerbell, honey, looks just like Tinkerbell. You know what she said? She said, thank you, Grampy. I love you, Grampy. Good night, Grampy. She's gone. That's what we call childlike faith. You know, an angel came to Mary, who was probably 14, 15 years old of age. She said, Mary, you know what? You're going to have a baby. You know what Mary said? She said, let everything you say come true just as you said it. That's that childlike faith. That's the faith that you and I need to face every day we walk on this earth. You know, Jesus did things. He did things perfectly well. If there's one thing I'm acutely aware of is that we're an imperfect group of people. Oh my goodness, we need each other in so many different ways. But John 2 is a my your favorite verses and favorite chapters in the Bible. John 2 is one of them. Um, Let me just share this with you. This is from the Living Bible which my assistant bought for me for a dollar at a uh, yard sale. It was Margaret Horns. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you Margaret for dying. Uh, But Let me read this to you. Tuesdays later Jesus' mother was a guest at a wedding in the village of Cana in Galilee and Jesus' disciples were invited too. The wine supply ran out during the festivities and Jesus' mother came to him with a problem. I can't help you now he said. It isn't yet my time for miracles. But his mother told the servants do whatever my whatever he tells you to do. Six stone water pots were there. They were used for Jewish ceremonial purposes and held perhaps 20 to 30 gallons each. Then Jesus told the, the servants to fill the brim with water. When this was done, he said, dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, which was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants did, he called the bridegroom over. This is wonderful stuff, he said. You're different from most. Usually a host uses the best wine first, and afterwards, when everyone is full and doesn't care, then they bring out the less expensive brands, but you've kept the best for last. That is Jesus' first miracle at Cana. Let me limonize that scripture for you. They're at a wedding bash. They run out of vino. Jesus' mother comes to Jesus and says, hey son, do your thing. And what does Jesus say to his mother? He says, woman. He calls his mother a woman. He puts distance between himself and his mother. What have you to do with me? He sort of puts her in his place. You You talk about a smart Jewish mom. What does she say to Jesus? Does she say, what did you say? You ungrateful little snot, do you realize I gave birth to you when I was 15 years of age? (laughs) That's not what the scripture says. She turns and she says, Do whatever my son tells you to do. Did she know Jesus was? Obviously. Talk about a smart Jewish lady, but notice what the scripture says it's the best wine. And this is something, yeah, I talk about Kmart Christians. I I really don't like those people. They're cheap, to put it bluntly. If there's anybody who should be a giver, anybody who extra blesses a waiter or a waitress in a restaurant, it ought to be those of us who love the Lord. And so many times people tell me, oh, we're a ministry, we can't afford it. You're a ministry, and that's why you should do things first class, quite frankly. Not second class. So, anyway. Oh, and by the way, um, uh, it's almost Thanksgiving time. The butterball turkey people, you can't make up stories like this. They have an 800 number. You can call them up, and you can get help on how to prepare a turkey. So a lady calls in and says, yeah, uh, I need some help. I got a turkey. It's been frozen for nine years. I want to know if it's safe to eat. <laughs> and the lady says, yeah, I, I'm going to have to check with the supervisor. She checks, comes back, and says, well, I'll tell you the truth. If it's been frozen all that time. It's, uh, it's, it's safe to eat, but you know, just between you and me, I, I don't know if I'd take that chance. And the woman on the other side says, you know what, I think I'll donate it to the church. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, the God we sing praises of this morning is not interested in your crumbs. He wants the whole enchilada. He doesn't want a few papas fritas, a few french fries. He wants all of us. He's a jealous God. But I'm telling you, uh, it, it just drives me crazy uh, to see how people in the church react. And I'm just telling you, you're flawed to a core. I always say, well, if you understand how imperfect you are, then you can really go out and, and, and bless other people. You know, uh, my wife, you'll learn more about my wife tonight. She's a trip and a half. She's a firstborn, classy. I think she's a lot like Kelly. Because I was talking to Kelly about what she likes to do, and she loves she loves to be uh, hospitable toward people. She likes people in her home. She likes to decorate. Well, that's Mrs. Uppington to the nth degree. But we're out for dinner on a Friday night. And all of us women, well, I won't give too much away this morning, but women are interesting people. Uh, they have the ability to come to a full point. If you ever hunted with a dog who's a pointer, that dog will come to that full point, tail goes out, foot goes up, you know. Women come to a point socially. Oh, oh, I love your shoes. Or, oh, your hair. Oh, don't get me going on here. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're out for dinner on a Friday night, and, and, and she, she comes to a full point. She goes, oh, tomorrow's Saturday. Oh, leave me, leave me. That's me, leave me. you got to do me a big favor. Listen, tomorrow morning I want you to go to Marie Calendar's. Uh, 아, uh,